1: Plan savings with three lines of T Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. From KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Matt Pittman, and this is Bay Current for Friday, January 21st. For the Warriors. Number one, Chase Center has been rocking all season long for the Warriors. But now, for the first time this season, they're in what some might call a slump losing six of their last nine games. But the NBA season is a long campaign. Dips and slumps are to be expected. But at the midway point of the regular season for the Warriors, is there reason for concern? Or is the best still yet to come? Last night before the Warriors' overtime loss to the Indiana Pacers at Chase Center, I caught up with someone who's at every game, at home and on the road. One of my go-to's every day at TheAthletic.com and on his Warriors Plus Minus podcast. Anthony Slater is senior writer for the Athletic, covering the Golden State Warriors.
0: Yep, yep, the NBA a little bit too, but yeah, a little but, bit. Of I NBA. mean, when the when the Warriors take over the storyline of the NBA for the entire season, it feels like I'm mostly around the Warriors, which they have. Yep, exactly.
1: Want to check in on a couple of things. First and foremost, I think the most exciting thing so far of the season, despite you know the hot start, the most exciting part of the season so far has been the return of Clay Thompson. Kind of give me your, you know heat check on Clay, if you will, of kind of where he's where he is right now and and how he's acclimating back into this thing after two full seasons being out.
0: Yeah, because to me the return of Clay Thompson uh, is a symbol of the return of to like championship contention. Yeah. Uh, Even though in a weird way they kind of look like a contender without him, uh, you know the first forty-five or so games, but uh, in the playoffs they're going to need a a sturdy, you know, every night Clay Thompson. And to me, the field goal percentage isn't too good so far. You know he's not hitting his threes as well as he'd like to. But if you're just watching Clay Thompson, he kind of looks like Clay Thompson. Yeah. On defense, his shot looks like. Uh, you know the confident, a quick trigger shot mm-hmm. that you've always seen, and to me that's the biggest thing because you just, you know, you you wandered off too, just like you know normally devastating injuries—the ACL, the Achilles—if he'd come back looking more like a JJ Redick, which is still a very you know very good rotation sure. player for a long time, but um, not just the two-way force that Clay always was. Um, but, but you know, look, I, to me he he he's looked strong in the post. He's he's moved laterally pretty well. You know, we, they played Memphis, they didn't have him. Guard John Moran I don't know if that was cautionary or he's just moved yeah. to a later stage of his career where he's more guarding threes and fours than ones and twos um, but generally he looks like a clear rotation upgrade shooter Good defender, and he's only playing 20 to 25 minutes right now. But it's you know, even talking to him after some of these games, he's like, "I feel good. I wish I could play 30. I could play 35." Yeah. Now he, you expect him to say that? Yeah, you know, but he's he, about
1: the most competitive human being on the
0: planet, no doubt. But it all it does seem to be coming from a genuine place of he feels physically like I could have stretched it to 30, 35 now, which tells you. By the time he builds up his conditioning and the training staff is comfortable with it and the games matter more, yeah. he should actually be able to play 35 minutes, which, which was a big question. What is the biggest,
1: I guess, surprise storyline for the Warriors this season? I mean, I could think of a whole bunch. But yeah. if you had to drill down to, like, the one, what is it for you?
0: Uh, the defense, I think. Okay. You know, they are the number one defense in the league. And they, like, within a week of the season starting, it was like, oh, like they're, like, leaps ahead of the Jazz and all you know all the other possible great defenses. Whereas they were fifth last year, and it felt like a surprise. And then when they went into the offseason, they prioritized shooting, spacing, yep. you know, high IQ players, which included, like, Bielitsa and Porter, guys who aren't known as defensive yeah, stuff They were
1: straight-up yeah. v- veteran offensive upgrades to the roster yeah, just it was for, for offensive depth. And then, really, the only other additions are two lottery picks, and you cannot count on them to be defensive anything in this. No,
0: game. so you know, the thought was, and by the way, this was not just an external thought. Like Draymond Green thought, like, how am I going to hold this together? Yeah, you know, how yeah. am I going to maintain top five? That that almost seems impossible. That was his thought in preseason. Um, I think Mike Brown has been great coaching the defense. Sure. I think some of those veterans. I think when we talk defense too much, we talk about length, speed, quickness. Brains matter, too. And, you know, the high IQ that they added on offense, they go back to the defensive end and have a high IQ, too. Uh, And and just commitment to winning. And then also I've mentioned the name a few times. Draymond Green was, like, electrified early in the season. I think he saw that they could compete for a title pretty quick, and that just turned him on. You know, from a competitive standpoint, and when he has that type of motivation, he almost can drag you into an elite defense by himself. So that, to me, has been the stunner because the offense has has kind of waxed and waned. You mentioned the lull earlier; lately, that's been an offensive lull. The defense really hasn't gone anywhere. They are just top the whole season. Steph Curry has. He would be the first to tell you that he's not shot at the level he expects to.
1: Um, He's still Steph. I'd let him, he's got the green light whenever he wants it. I'd say he's earned it, you know, but, like, at some point, a few more of his shots are going to fall certainly from beyond the arc. Uh, That concern, you know, should there be any concern about Steph and maybe, I don't want to say the lack of consistency because he's still going out and getting it done, but there, there are certain nights where, you know, Steph just doesn't have it.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, look, he's at a point of his career and really a point of his life, I should say, which is, you know, about to turn 34 in March that like any dip in production, you start to wonder, is this, you know post career will we identify that moment as when he started to hit a decline Um, but you talk to people or you talk to him and they they say it's not a physical thing I mean maybe the record chase fried him a bit mentally also defenses more than ever are throwing it all at him I mean it's just like you know a few years ago Nick Nurse did a box and one in the finals it was like ooh that was interesting like well that was kind of you know they they really sold out now yeah now that's like a nightly like because coaches are copycats in the league they see stuff that's done on Steph Curry and they do it so now he's just facing swarms and swarms where it's tough for him to find even a window of a shot. Now, what matters though is he's when he's on the court, they're way better because if you take two defenders and really ten eyeballs yeah. one way, JTA is getting a dunk. Kevon Looney's getting a dunk. GPT. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's never going to change. Like to me, we'll know that that Steph Curry is be is declining as a as a feared scorer when defenses stop doing what they're doing. Right, right, right. But as of now, if he's just anywhere on the court, they still fear him more yeah. than ever. With Draymond and nursing the injury, it's a calf injury tied
1: to a a disc injury in his back right now it sounds like what physical therapy is kind of where it's at and a a combination of rest what is there is there a substantial level of concern or is this just one of those middle of the season things where it's like good thing it happened now we could get him to rest and he should be good to go for the stretch in the playoffs
0: I mean anytime you hear like backs involved discs involved especially you know Steve Kerr has his own experience with that Uh, it's it's there should be some type of an alarm bell now their messaging on it, from Draymond to Steve Kerr to Bob Myers, has all been like super precautionary. Surgery's not expected to be needed; just some rest that'll help him anyways, and he'll he'll be back, you know, relatively soon. Um, but you know, look, they've they've messaged out optimistic timelines on James Wiseman this season that have not come true. So we will see. Draymond is getting older. He plays a really physical style. Uh, he's a six-foot, you know, it's he. they list him at six-foot-seven, but that's generous. Yeah, he's dude. really <laughs> six five, six six, And he, I mean, you see it up close every yeah. night. Like, he's banging with big guys. No one plays harder. Yeah, Nobody. but how is that on a back, yeah. you know? And, and, and part of the reason he was so good this season is not only because he, you know, mentally cared a bit more, but also he came in in really good physical he shape. He's talked about drinking less better lifestyle but uh, he becomes a worse player like anybody I guess when his body is not feeling up to it uh, so this is it's not a good sign that he's going through this but I can't tell you how big a concern it is to till we know if yeah. he's back and how he looks
1: so you mentioned Wiseman you bro- actually broke a story I think last week might have been a couple weeks ago uh, about he actually had to go back in for a cleanup procedure Look, he's seven feet tall, and he's a rim protector, and he's a guy who can catch the ball at the rim and score, too. those are, those are rare assets to have. What, what does it do for them when they get him back, and how do you work him into what's already going on?
0: Well, it's, it's really tough for them because, I mean, initially their hope was like November, December for him. Yeah. I mean, the, the original timeline had him ahead of Clay Thompson to return. He still, as of us speaking, has not been cleared for contact. They hope that's soon. Um, but you're getting to a point of the season where you're trying to form your playoff rotation. And the fact that he's not even – at this point, I don't expect to see him before the all-star break. So we're talking about optimistically mid to late February, pessimistically it could be March – and he is, you know, still 20 and he played so little in college and he played so little as a rookie and the biggest knocks on him already are, like, lack of feel, like, lack of basketball reps. Like, I think most people are in agreement when the guy's 25 years old, he should be a really, really good NBA player but I think it's becoming more unrealistic every day that goes by right now that he hasn't played, that he can help in a playoff rotation this season because playoff basketball is about veterans. It's about smarts. It's about knowing where to be. Just and rotations tighten. Yeah. And even if you're on the edge of that rotation,
1: yeah. you might not see a lot of and time. And players
0: being targeted, right? Yep, yep. And, like, to me, like, even Kaminga, who at this point is way ahead of it in his development. Next guy I was going to ask you about. Yeah, yeah we didn't get me to him. It. But, like, you know, he looks great right now. Yeah. He's a very optimistic story. I can still see a series where, like, Steve Kerr pretty quickly is like, I, he just can't survive, you know, yeah. in, in Utah right, right. now. Um, so that's – I'm concerned about – this second season, James Wiseman. Even if I'm still optimistic about sixth season, James Wiseman. Mm-hmm. J.K.
1: Jonathan Kaminga, man, the, he looked what 18 years old when when we first saw him, like in you know some of the preseason games, even very very early the season. But the work that he's been doing with the coaching staff and then in the G League, totally different player right now. I mean, he his upside. I haven't been, I haven't seen a young player with that much potential that's so exciting to watch night in, night out, whether it's in short bursts or the longer bursts that we've seen of late. What is the kind of ceiling, I guess, for Jonathan Kaminga?
0: I mean, name your, like, all-star big wing in the league. Like,
1: Sean Marion's the name that was thrown out recently yeah, by yeah. Steve was Kerr. A Steve, yeah.
0: Steve Kerr put Sean Marion out. Uh, you know, they've, like, at least from a career pass standpoint, tried to, like, hint at Kawhi Leonard, which is, like, hey, he came to the Spurs. Optimistic. He played, like, a yeah. role. Jo- you know, early in his yeah, career, yeah. he was playing a role. And then, boom, year three, year four, he's a star. Yeah, that is, like, the top, top end, yeah. obviously, if it's mean, a Hall of Famer. Um, Pascal Siakam. Yeah. If you want to... From my time
1: in in Seattle with the Sonic, the guy, uh, Rashard Lewis, kind of comes to mind. You know, Rashard might have been more of a pure shooter, and Jonathan might be a little stronger inside, but... Uh, Yeah, that long wing who can shoot and who can also elevate.
0: I mean, look, lower end, maybe like a Tobias Harris. I know he's getting some criticism in Philly right now, but he got a max contract for a reason. Good score, big. But, like, look, a 3-4, more towards a 4, that can play small ball 5, that should be able to score over 20 a game, mostly on power drives. A lot of his ceiling will come down to his three-point shot. Just like with Kawhi Leonard, right? Kawhi Leonard early in his career was not really a three-point shooter. Now, like, don't give him the three. I mean, he's 40-plus. I'm not saying Kamingo will get there, but the threes look better lately. It really has. Um, But the athleticism gives him an absurd ceiling, and the feel is much better than I expected. He makes nice passes. Uh, The, I think, difficult but also beneficial thing for him is where he's developing on a title team where – you know, I think down the line all these lessons he's learning about winning basketball will be vital for him. But, you know, he makes a bad mistake. He's coming out of the game. Where if he's playing in Orlando right now, he's just getting 35 minutes a night. Yeah. So. And what are you really learning other than just that you're racking up minutes and yeah. padding stats? I mean, you're learning, up become, a stat sheet. you're learning how to become Richard Lewis, maybe. Yeah, ah, yeah no, I don't know. Or Aaron Gordon, where you just played yeah, for you that trade.
1: Yeah. Uh, Anthony Slater, man, I appreciate the conversation. It's been a great, you know, fun run in this first half. I think we're in for a heck of a second half as well. Thank you,
0: man. Yep, no problem.
1: Thanks again to Anthony Slater. If you're a Warriors fan, you know he's on Twitter, at Anthony V Slater. There's a link to Anthony's Warriors Plus Minus Podcast in our show notes. And thank you for listening. New episodes of Bay Current are out every weekday, and we'd love to be part of your daily routine. You can subscribe to Bay Current on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or just about anywhere you listen. And every episode of Bay Current is on the KCBS Radio YouTube page, and there's a link in our show notes. That's it for today's Bay Current. I'm Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you again, Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.